Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to a special programme here on the Radio Show Limited Network of channels. We should have been starting the European Le Mans series what seems like ages ago. I suppose we could probably say that about a number of championships this season. However, the great pause, as the responsible adult calls it, has given us the opportunity to assess what we will see from the European Le Mans series in 2020. And Johnny Palmer, our lead commentator, is joining me now to look through the runners and riders for the full season, what we'll see in the first race, which is at Circuit Paul Ricard at Le Castellet, and how the season has been rejigged around the extraordinary circumstances that we've seen in motor racing and, of course, around the world in the last three or four months. Johnny, welcome along and welcome along to a season that, as we said, starting late. But there's plenty of excitement and we should be positive, I think. Uh, forget the fact it started late. Let's celebrate the fact it's starting. Yeah, and happening at all. It's really quite an undertaking from the ELMS and the LMEM uh, management crew to have to rejig, as you say. There have no doubt been several versions of the realigned calendar, which now occupies months July through to November. And that could be a record for the latest race we've yeah. ever had in a calendar year normally used to seeing races in april and may then there's the natural pause for the 24 hours of le mans because so many of the european le mans series crews are involved with that race then we get going again with round three in july four in august round five tends to happen in september and round six in october what's going to happen now and i'll run we'll run through the dates in detail in a moment but yeah five events so we only actually lost one starting on the 19th of july and it'll run through till the first weekend of november and taking in circuit paul ricard then off in august to the Spa-Francorchamps circuit the week before the WEC gets back underway and, and that's quite important for the entry for Ricard and for Spa. Then off to Barcelona at the end of August, the 29th is race day there. Monza in Italy on October the 11th and then finishing off at the Algarve International at Portimao on November the 1st. So... 20 hours rather than 24 hours of racing and what will be the 17th season of the European Le Mans series, extraordinarily. Uh, LMP2, LMP3 and GT Le Mans classes. First of all, fair play, as you've said to them, for getting all of this sorted out. And with a 36-car entry, which we'll go into detail uh, with for Ricard, being bolstered by... Uh, Aston Martin Racing, who've jumped in, and let's start in GTE, Le Mans GTE, the, the class that many people thought would be the most difficult in the last few years to get filled, and yet it never has been. You know, it always has been a popular class. It's had great racing. There's a lot of Ferraris in there, but Aston Martin Racing on 
Goodyear tyres, as all of the cars are in this class, are bringing Paul Delalana, Matthias Lauda and Ross Gunn. Thought there might have been two Aston Martins at one stage, but that's the only one that has declared for this race. And I believe they're going to be at Spa as well before getting into their WEC season. Knocking the rust off, if you will. Blowing out the cobwebs. Not yeah. a bad idea. Well, I mean, all three drivers will be short of racing. And as you say, that their main focus will be the World Endurance Championship. But these races fall very nicely indeed to get some mileage on a, on a, te- on a high-tech test track. Uh, as it's called. It's obviously become well-known for motor racing uh, much more recently, now the home of the French Grand Prix, of course, as well. And Paul Ricard is a is a good stress tester, both of, Very good. Uh, you know, both of the car, but also of the mechanical crew. And uh, they'll be running to the, to the new rules as well regarding social distancing. So it's important, I think, to get those practised so that you don't have to think necessarily uh, too, too much. But... Paul Dallalana changing his lineup in the World Endurance Championship uh, to include Darren Turner and Ross Gunn. Um, yes, we won't have DT, but we will have Matthias Lauder. So it's sort of bridging the gap, if you like, between the old gang, which included Pedro Lamy uh, just last year in the WEC, and the new wave. Who, uh, Ross Gunn continues to impress. Quite how long we'll retain that Aston Martin, I don't know. But as you say, sealed for the next two races, which leads them nicely then into the August WEC meeting, which is also at Spa-Francorchamps. Yeah, and also gives them some running... Um, prior to Le Mans because we've got no Le Mans test yes. here and you made the point I mean there are teams who come to Ricard to test for Le Mans because of the fact you've got that long back straight it gives you the opportunity to test the car at speed whilst we're talking about additions let's go to Porsche and to Proton two Proton cars the Dempsey Proton Racing 77 and the Proton Competition number 93 uh, Philippe Laza uh, a, the German and Richard Leitz, the Austrian, joined by the Irishman Michael Fassbender. Uh, a real coup for the European Le Mans series. Porsche have been courting Michael for quite some time. He's a complete petrol head. He's voiced some fantastic documentaries down through the years on motor racing. And he has approached this very carefully. He's been doing, he, he's had some mentoring from uh, Porsche factory drivers and it would appear he's going to commit for the whole season. Yeah, which is exciting, isn't it? As the ELMS slowly works its way uh, through Hollywood superstars. <laughs> uh, Patrick Dempsey has previously featured with that team. Uh, and, and indeed, Dempsey Proton Racing is this, how the 77 has been entered for season 2020. Uh, I'm really excited to see how the Porsches get on because I'm sure there's been some adjustment as far as balance of performance is concerned. You say there's a great deal of Ferraris in this class. There certainly are. And the Ferrari was the car to have last year. The Porsches really struggled for any decent results, although the 77 did finish second in the championship by two points ahead of JMW Motorsports Ferrari. If you can get those two, well, actually all three cars within GT, to be as level pegging as possible, then it could be very exciting indeed. Yeah, not used to a proton car being numbered as 93. We normally have 77 and 88, yeah. uh, but we'll get used to that, no problem at all. It might be a fastbender reason. We've got the 93 number. I'll have to ask him at some stage. Uh, Laza and Leeds need no introduction. It's Christian Reed, Michele Beretta, and Alessio uh, Picarello, uh, the Belgian driver, not very Belgian sounding name, he's a silver driver uh, there along with uh, Michele Beretta, Christian Reid of course, a very, very good 
bronze there. That's the, the Porsche challenge. I should have mentioned with Aston Martin, is that the first time we've had the new shape Aston in, in LMS? LMS? Um, or did we have TF last year? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think we have had a, a new Vantage AMR. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, Ferrari's making up the rest. Uh, AF Corsa, Spirit of Race, uh, sort of from under the same uh, Amato Ferrari uh, awning, if you will, although Spirit of Race are, are badged as a, a Swiss uh, team. Uh, Christoph Ulrich, Alexander Vest and Stefan Goerig, uh, German Swedish and Swiss driving team there. The spirit of race is the usual lineup: Duncan Cameron, Aaron Scott, and Matt Griffin, the Irish driver. There was some thought that that car might not be there because Duncan Cameron and Matt Griffin are going to do some British GT as well. But in fact, I think that they have uh, curtailed other parts of their planned campaign. Uh, and to add in British GT, but the, the European Le Mans series remains. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Um, sometimes I, th- I just wish that, that they could get some more results than they deserve, the 55 car, and I can perfectly understand them if they're losing a little bit of faith with their ELMS challenge because often they don't get the uh, the results that the, cu- the car's pace deserves. They finished equal fourth in the championship last year, level on points, 68 with Kessel Racing, but Kessel got the better results. Yeah, more second places uh, than the Spirit of Race entry. But I mean, they've come so close to winning the title a number of years, and I'm talking sort of four or five years ago. It's If anything, it's been getting more and more distant mm. for, for Duncan, Matt and Aaron. Will this year be their year? They, they, they need a bit of luck, and it's been strangely absent over the last certainly two seasons, so maybe the stars will align a little bit better, uh, and I'm pleased that they found room in their calendar. That's a tricky business, isn't it? Because, you know, a lot of a lot of seasons now are trying to still occupy, you know, 85%, let's say, 80% of, of their original calendar, but wedge it all into six months, and everybody's doing that. Yeah, so yeah. the clashes now Four are Four and a half months, world. five months, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because in, in Europe, all right, you can go down to Portugal, as indeed the ELMS are going to do, but you're not going to be able to race uh, for a UK round in December, are you? No. You just couldn't take the risk on travel and, and getting it uh, getting it away. Iron Links, uh, Claudio Schiavone, Sergio Pianazola and Andrea Pacini, the gold driver there. Uh, names to conjure with uh, and an all-Italian squad in the prancing horse, Tell me a bit about Iron Lynx as a team. It's a completely new outfit, as yeah. far as I can gather. And the um, yeah, the news that uh, Deborah Meyer and Michelle Gatting racing uh, in the team's 488 is is great to to hear about. Cecina-based uh, crew, and the, the the girls that raced with Kessel last year making the move across, but I'm pleased in that the second trio, car, yes, yeah, that trio's retained as a driver combination because they were getting some good results. I think it was two podium by the end of the season, and they headed into Portimao very much in the championship fight. Sadly, it all went very very wrong in an opening lap incident. You might remember cont- yeah. involving like five or six cars and a very nasty accident uh, for Jack Lancaster in the uh, Jack Manchester rather in the um, Thunderhead 
Carlin uh, at Portimao. But Rahel Fry, Michel Gatting, Manuel Gosner as part of the Iron Links entry. And as you say, Sergio Pianazzola, Andrea Puccini, who we've regularly seen in the Michelin Still quick. Uh, Le Mans Cup, Claudia Schiavoni, making that an all Italian lineup, the 60 car. Um, and I, I've got to say, that, that must have been born out of an arm of Kessel Racing because they've retained the same race numbers, 60 and 83. Uh, we have the very British Ferrari of JMW, Jim McWhorter at Motorsport, Jody Fannin, uh, the gold driver, Finley Hutchinson, the silver, Hunter Abbott, the bronze. That actually, to me, looks like a pretty good lineup of drivers. Jody Fannin, a uh, previous champion of the, of the ELMS, so uh, yeah, he's got great form. Uh, Finley Hutchinson, more and more experienced, uh, you know, with every season that go by. He's got form in Ginettas, I want to say. And Hunter Abbott, you go back far enough to the British GT uh, seasons. He's also had the British Touring Car Championship experience as well. Um, but great to have Hunter into international motorsport once again. No question about JMW Motorsport's ability to prepare a car. Huh. Uh, the 488 is well known to Jim McWhorter's team now as well. Um, and I'm sure it will... Carry some sort of a familiar livery. It was always backed in the past uh, by Dunlop. Now we've changed, of course, to Goodyear tyres, which you know is a, is a brand realignment rather than a complete change. A lot of the staff have been retained, and it actually means that because Dunlop is marketed by different entities around the world, Goodyear is an umbrella arm whereby you know. Goodyear as a brand is recognised throughout and it's one single body. Uh, so they've decided to actually focus on, on the Goodyear brand. It came in last year uh, as part of the LMP2 entry and it's still recognised in the World Endurance Championship. Now, this is the first time that it's going to be the single tyre manufacturer in GTE. Yeah, and that is a mandated single tyre manufacturer. The last of the cars that we'll see... Uh, that you and Bruce will see, as it will be Bruce Jones who joins you for a recard uh, that we haven't talked about, is the Kessel Racing 74 car. Michael Bronizewski, uh, Nicola Kadai and David Perrell. So again, names there that are familiar to those who follow ALMS. Well, Mikhail Bronizewski's won the Gulf 12 hours, I think sort of two or three times maybe with uh, Davide Regon. Again, mm. that was with Kessel. So he is a Ferrari expert. He's run at the Dubai 24 hours in the past as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on. I don't remember him as part of the ELMS paddock, though, in the past, the Polish driver. I'll have to check through the records to see whether this is his first outing in ELMS. It's a good bronze. Very reliable. Yeah, and, and, and that's and what you have to be. You've got to have a bronze in the combination. Should have made this point, actually, earlier on. Um, the bronze is the sort of bare minimum. Your second driver, you've got a choice of whether that's bronze or silver, and your final choice is completely free of rating. So most teams obviously go with a platinum, or if not a gold. Uh, but... Often the bronze is put in from the start of the race and they build the foundations of the four hours because they've got to do a significant chunk. You can't get your bronze driver time out of the way in a single stint. Yeah. So, you know, you either do a double or you, you get the bronze in later on, uh, which makes it very interesting. It's awkward. The, the, the driver time is awkward. It doesn't fit into four hours neatly. Which and that's is great. deliberate, of Yes, course. of course. Only one platinum driver listed uh, so far for... 
uh, the opening round of the season, and that is Richard Leitz, uh, the Austrian in the Fassbender. I'm sure it'll become the Fassbender Porsche, Philippe Lazar, Michael Fassbender, the Proton 93. We were hoping to have Jeff Seagal and another Ferrari there. He's listed in the full season entries, but not listed for recard, presumably for reasons of travel. But I, I don't necessarily want to... Uh, to guess that because obviously Jeff's based in the US and getting from the US to Europe, uh, if you're a US citizen rather than an EU citizen, um, requires a bit of planning uh, yep. and a bit of uh, a bit of quarantine. So we will have then nine cars at the opening round with a potential of, of one more to come back. The, the Jeff Siegel car, as I said, uh, coming back later in the season if things change. What I am pleased to see though is that those guys are back because they did the full season last year. Jeff did uh, race with Matteo Cressoni and Wei Lu and it's touted that it's going to be the same lineup for and this year. And that's what team? Uh, it, well it was JMW last yeah, season. Exactly, it is due to be Kessel Racing so they've made the switch to the Swiss outfit okay. in car 69 but as you say originally from Philadelphia Jeff and that is an awkward journey right now. Not saying that's all of the reason why he's not no. going to feature at Recard. Maybe get some answers there, or if not, at the next round. Uh, Jeff's a great guy to speak to, and he's very honest brilliant. as well. So. Brilliant. So nine cars uh, with three different manufacturers, although the numerical advantage to the prancing horse. Uh, let's move into LMP3 as we're looking at the 2020 uh, European Le Mans series. A uh, couple of teams on the uh, full season list which aren't listed for Recard. Let's get those uh, out of the out of the way first, if you don't mind, JP. Yeah, um, no, I think you made the list of these rather than me at the start. Okay, uh, let's just work it out. So, well, uh, the other thing to, to point out is the fact that the Duquesne we're on LMP3, right? Yes, correct. So, uh, Norma is no longer a Norma. The M30 has become a Duquesne. That's a very good car. point, actually. So, uh, I was searching around for that earlier on uh, today, and it's it's become known as the D08, which uh, to my knowledge, is this brand new car. Yes, it's a 2020 spec uh, LMP3 machine, as is the Ligier. That's now known as a JSP320. And that's them doing their, uh, you know, uh, heritage, isn't it? Uh, going back to the JS yes. uh, nomenclature. Indeed, and uh, as we would have expected. Now, whether we're going to get any other LMP3 chassis through the course of the year, it remains to be seen. There were four different cars on display at Le Mans last year as the future of LMP3, but uh, just the Ligier and the Duquesne M30 uh, are set to be uh, competing in this year's ELMS. Um, interesting that a number of teams have gone with just the two-driver lineup. You can do that. There's nothing to say uh, there's a problem with that, but uh, the United Autosports gang have turned out with three drivers for each of their numbers, two and three cars. Uh, I'm also interested in who's returning as well uh, as uh, high performers from season 2019. Mikkel Jensen and Jens Pettersen were the champions in 2019, and I'm not immediately seeing those guys on the list. It looks like they've gone elsewhere rather than to defend their title. We were expecting to see uh, a team that goes traditionally very well, Ultimate of France, car number 29 in the red and white livery of Jean-Baptiste Lehay, Mathieu Lehay and François Herriot. And it's interesting they won't be taking part in their home event. Um, mm. Maybe that's a car sourcing problem or um, 
maybe a travel-related problem. I don't know where any of those three guys actually live, although they're all originally from France, and there may be some complication there. Three cars initially announced for the season have not made the entry list for Recar. 360 Racing apparently going to sit out the whole season, along with the second into Europe or Ligier, and still waiting to find out whether the, the EDEC Sport Ligier will jump in uh, later on uh, in the year. Um, it is a, a, a Michelin tyre formula yes. for LMP3. So let's start with the form team, really. The two and the three car are the United Autosports with the Ligier. Everybody's got the Nissan engine and the same gearbox, remembering LMP3. Wayne Boyd, Tom Gamble and Rob Weldon are the silver, silver, bronze lineup for the two car. James McGuire, Jim McGuire, uh, the bronze driver from the US, Hopefully, Jim will be able to get across to pair up with Duncan Tappy, the silver, and Andrew Bentley, the bronze. Good to see Andrew in that car. He's worked really, really hard to get back into racing out of uh, after a few seasons away. Yeah, uh, they have been the form team. They had a really sticky 2019, though. Didn't win a race, actually, through the course of the year with, with either car. And the best place for the number two was fourth in the championship behind Ultimate who won't be at Ricard as I've already explained behind the Inter-Europol competition car again it's going to be an absentee and the Euro International machine so they need to find some of that uh, recognisable form you know they've got a reputation to live up to really and United Autosports uh, just struggled at times whether that was down to uh, particular tracks not suiting the car not sure uh, but of course, they were also, um, well, they had a decision to make in LMP2 as to which way they were going to go with the chassis. Bear in mind, uh, Richard Dean was the Ligier UK importer, uh, and they decided to start running the Orica chassis in LMP2, but they right. are sticking with the Ligier JSP in LMP3. So two of those cars, I'm assuming last year's cars actually, um, you know, uh, with a bit of work being done over the winter period, an extended winter period. Exciting to see Duncan Tappy. Yeah, he, very much. Um, he, he was regularly running, winning races in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year uh, with Mikey Benham. And Duncan Tappy then making the step up, effectively, from the Road to Le Mans level event to the big show, the ELMS. Another driver for whom motorsport perhaps wasn't very kind. His talent far outstripping the finance he was able yeah. to raise in his single-seater days. I remember him in Formula Renault uh, and uh, Formula 3 in the UK as well. Decart Engineering have the number four car. This is one of the two M30 T08 Nissan. So this is the Norma M30. Uh, but Duquesne... Uh, badged now. Uh, stepping up from uh, Le Mans Cup LMP3, uh, the champions, uh, Lawrence Hort and Francois Kierman, joined by Wolfgang Triller. Yeah, great name that, isn't it? And not seen DKR in the European Le Mans series since 2018. Uh, they decided to focus entirely on the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, and that seems to be a good move, considering they won the championship again in the supporting category. But DKR, the Luxembourgish team, uh, taking a- another opportunity to enter the ELMS. Laurence Hoer makes the step across then, uh, along with Francois Kerman, his teammate. Wolfgang Triller is um, well recognised. And he's the bronze Triller, the other yeah. two are silvers. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how Hoer and Kerman get on because Hoer, I don't think, has always been a silver. Um, I'm just trying to think of the driving combination from last year. Kerman was always generally quicker, but it was a slim uh, slim between the two of them. Um, 
But that's that's the idea of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. You perform well in that, you ideally get the championship, and then you know it's prime for you to go into the LMS and start to compete against the more established teams. DKR, as I say, not a stranger to it, but those drivers will be experiencing four-hour races for the first time. Yeah, and, and just nipping back, by the way, uh, the Ligier uh, GSP320 are this year's car that uh, United's running, and I knew I'd uh, recognise Rob Weldon's name, oh, yes, of course. Of course they are. Yeah. Uh, I've raced him in uh, Radicals, and he's a very experienced Radical uh, racer. Uh, uh, let's move on to uh, Graf, who have two different chassis. The five car is the Duquesne, and the nine car is the Ligier. Let's take the Duquesne chassis first. Eric Triet, uh, Luis Saint-Jean, the Spaniard, and Sebastian Page, literally a European uh, car of all nations, Swiss, Spanish, and French. Uh, and uh, we've got for their Ligier, Vincent Capelier, Arnaud Robin, and Maxime Robin. Uh, it's bronze and two silvers there, Vincent Capelier, uh, oh, sorry, Aaron Robin, the, the bronze there. Uh, what do you make of splitting a team, splitting their focus between two chassis potentially that's twice as many uh, pieces of kit you've got to bring isn't it it is i mean i know the drivetrain's the same so that you know that's common but yeah yeah um it's an interesting approach we've seen it before from ivan muller's outfit m racing i remember they ended up with with one of each and that was because they'd acquired one before the other and then i think maybe from some client pressure, some customer pressure, uh, they require to, to run both. What it does do is when you're looking to sign drivers, y you get a choice um, as to you know where your allegiances lie. It might also be the case of we don't really know which car's going to be fastest now because what you're doing is setting the reset button. The Ligier in the previous iteration was long existing. Then the Norma rocked up and was way quicker down the straights. But bear in mind... It was a much more newly developed car, so it was kind of going to be uh, faster and um, more research done into it. Whereas now we've got brand new cars for both Ligier and Duquesne. I think it's a genuine question being asked from, from Graf, which one will do the job for us? And then maybe there is the option later on to go, OK, we're definitely going to go Duquesne or Ligier and change things around a little bit. But... Um, it, it, certainly, you've got to remember which truck you're operating out of, because <laughs> it could be very easy to bolt the wrong bit onto the wrong, the wrong car. So might we get a Duquesne or a Lee Kane? Lee Kane, Lee Kane is, is a very possibility. Yeah. Over the weekend, Nielsen Racing, uh, very much a British team, uh, with two entries as well, the seven and the ten, as far as the numbers. Uh, Anthony Wells and Colin Noble have. Uh, driven together, bronze and silver, and those are the only two drivers uh, in the seven car. Ish in the Mon Series LMP3 winners, those two from memory. Uh, and the second car is, I, I think, an All American or North American team, should I say? Rob Horders, Garrett Grist. I've seen racing in IMSA competition and a variety of formula, including the LMP3 uh, IMSA Prototype Championship, and Charles. Charles Crew, Charlie Crew, as well as the the bronze in there. That's effectively the second car. And again, I, I, there would be a question mark over those guys from from travel situations, but they are on the list mm. for for uh, for Ricard. 
Yeah, and actually Nielsen, another team who last year had Alicia and a Norma. Mm. Now, the Norma's been rebadged, as we've said. It's now a Duquesne, and uh, it's a brand-new chassis. They've bought two of those cars. Uh, Colin Noble, Tony Wells, possibly going to have a slight advantage because they drove the M30 last year, or the previous version of it. Uh, Charles Cruz, I have to say, don't know a great deal about. Garrett Grister, regular in the ELMS, hails from Grimsby. But the Grimsby in Canada, not yep. the Grimsby in the Correct. northeast. Not uh, too far away from where Mossport is. There's a lot of British names around there. There's a Newcastle, Sunderland, a Doncaster, right. and a Grimsby, right. Ontario. Well, well, often I always made the joke that Garrett was in the same car as, as Matt Bell and Tony Wells, and that was a kind of northeast representative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Tony Wells from from Middlesbrough, yeah, uh, and Garrett just not quite from the same northeast. Uh, yeah, Rob Hodes goes well, um, so they'll hopefully be able to guide Charlie Cruz in the right direction, welcome him into the fold, I'm sure. And again, interesting, I, pres- I presume from a, from a monetary point of view, they've made it work for a three-driver lineup there at Nielsen Racing. They wanted three guys to race a car, and why not? Whereas Colin Noble, Tony Wells have tended to work better as a duo. Uh, Colin's a superstar yeah. and, you know, just again hasn't really had the opportunity. A- another team, I would say, where they could have probably won, let's say, four of the six races last year and for whatever reason it didn't happen the the, the safety car went in the wrong direction or mm. the, they misjudged a pit stop or something like that and I think you know potential for, for championship winning is just around the corner for that side of Nielsen Racing and we move on through LMP3 in the European Le Mans series at season 2020 and these are the cars uh, we're talking about now that are confirmed of course for uh, Ricard, the first round. A real team racing. Swiss outfit, Esteban Garcia and David Drew, both uh, with Swiss Swiss licences. Esteban, the, the bronze. Uh, run last year by Graf, now run by TDS Racing. OK, so they've kept the real team racing branding, you mean, but the team underneath has changed. Yeah, well, David Drew, Esteban Garcia effectively ran exactly in the, in the same uh, team last year. So, effectively, they've given the car to someone else to run. And and taken the real team name with them, Correct. yes. Uh, they'll still have a new car to get to grips with, although they were in a Norma last year. They've changed to a Ligio, I notice. Right, so mm. that's going to be a bit of a... a, a, a recalibration of the brain required in the early stages. Ligier, though, uh, turning out with a clearly a very quick car. They'll have new faces to conjure with and new ways of operating quite possibly, but maybe they, they just weren't happy with the previous iteration of Real Team Racing and there's been much discussion over the winter period. I have a feeling from memory that that car was often at the sharp end yeah. in qualifying and then didn't quite do it in the race. So there's no question, though, about the speed that those uh, guys offer, particularly David Drew. I mean, the LMP3 qualifying sessions are completely bonkers. It's 10 minutes. Often that's extended to about 12 minutes because, you know, last car crosses the line with seconds to spare. They force an extra lap out of the session. But I'm not kidding. Of the, what have we got, 12 cars entered for Ricard, I'd say eight of those will be seen at the top of the charts oh, at really? one point in a 10-minute okay. session. Right. It's crazy. And it's really about your position on track. Can you be the last car round to cross the line? Oh, really? So it's yeah. about burning off fuel? Yeah. Because the it's a fuel race. And, and the tyres slowly, you know, the tyres will probably offer you three or four good laps in qualifying. Which is all you're going to get in a 10-minute session on most of these yeah. circuits. So it's making sure you don't get blocked in any way. And, yeah, the lightest car wins pretty much. 
Uh, not number one as the championships uh, winners, winners last year, but the number one one, uh, Euro International, have a leisure. Uh, they are uh, flagged as an American team, of course. Paolo Brancic from Serbia uh, teamed up with Leonard Hogenboom, who uh, are uh, Leonard. Now, what did he... He won the Le Mans Cup last year. Did, oh, no, two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah I, I recognised his name. That's a strong-looking team there from the defending champions. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's lost none of his speed, Hogan Boom, in the intervening period. And I'm sure he raced in the LMS uh, last year as well. That tends to be the way you win the Michelin Le Mans Cup and you make the step into then... Um, the ELMS, he did. He raced with Konstantin Tereshenko and Tim Bure in the LMP2, in the LMP2s, yeah. yeah. So he's actually made the step down to LMP3s to see how he can do with a, a perhaps a more familiar car um, and the one that he had so much success with in 2018. So looking forward to seeing how he gets on and, and indeed the rest of the, the guys involved with that crew. Um, you're international title winners so they've got good form um i'm not therefore, therefore sure what's happened to jens Pettersen and to mikkel jensen uh whether they have decided to to venture into some gt racing instead so new names for euro international to conjure with staying ju- with the just one entry for those y- guys uh, yes it became just the one entry i think they've, they've run two in the past with people like uh, giorgio mondini um, with that relationship going somewhat sour from what I read. So it's become a one-car team, but it seems like they don't necessarily need the numerical numbers. No. They can still do a, a great job and uh, title winners in 2019. Another one-car entry for another very big-name team is the number 13. Let's hope it's lucky for them. Uh, Polish flag next to inter-Europol competition. Uh, unchanged in terms of Nigel Moore, the silver, and Martin Hippet the bronze driver, and in the Ligier again. They, they ran Euro uh, International pretty close last year. Uh, hugely close, and it was a a, a crazy race to, to finish the season in the end. I think decided partially uh, in the stewards' room as well. But, yeah, in the end, just half a point retrieved from Euro Inter- uh, from Inter-Europol rather, in the final race, and Euro International got the eight points. They were neither of them anywhere near the top three, uh, but that decided it, by the way, of the Italian crew. But uh, the Polish squad into Europol competition continue to try and uh, make both LMP2 and LMP3 work. I know we had some uh, relatively sad news in, in the recent like week or so when two cars have dropped out from that Polish squad. But I hope it's just a temporary measure and we can get those back again. But Martin Hipper getting faster and faster, helped by Yorkshireman Nigel Moore with his previous, well, Ginetta experience. Ran at Le Mans, of course, with a Ginetta prototype. And then uh, for a time in the Audi uh, GT3 car with various people throughout the course of the year, including Phil Hansen. So, but he's, he's found his, uh, a home at into Europol competition. That's a relationship that really blossoms. And Nigel's just supersonic. When he's put into the car for the final stint, you think, oh, he's way back. He's got about 30 seconds to make up. And somehow he does it. And he's often on the tail of the leader uh, come the final few laps. A uh, couple of singleton Ligier entries. And, and clearly the numerical advantage with Ligier. And also, I should have mentioned earlier on, DKR uh, looking at Ligier as well, possibly to change their car sometime uh, in the season but let's uh, stick with the last two entries 15 and 16 two British flags next to RLR Motorsport first of all uh, Malthy Jakobsen and James Dyson the Canadian 
uh, Pat Malfi is a, a Danish Denmark uh, driver. Uh, RLL Motorsport, Bolton's finest. Indeed so. And have had great with results. Lamont, Bolton, of course. So there is, you know, there is that. Yeah, some symmetry there, definitely. RLR did struggle in LMP3 last year, 14th in the championship. Their best result was a, I want to say, 7th place in round three at Barcelona. Um, but the previous year was a lot, lot better. So it's often about the drivers they manage to source and, and then those drivers uh, fitting nicely with the team around them. James Dason shows, shows a lot of speed. I don't know a great deal about Malta. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he will go in that RLR M Sport car. But they've got another brand new Ligier. Plenty of those cars yeah. sold amongst uh, various teams. BHK Motorsport is the 12th of the dozen LMP3 cars that we'll see at Ricard. Again, it's a Ligier. Uh, it's a all-Italian driving clue crew for the British team, Lorenzo Veglia and Francesco Lamaza. Yeah, British flagged, really an Italian team. As soon as you go in the garage, you realise that there's, there's not many the, people. The smell of, smell of hot brewed coffee and lots of, uh, lots of excitable uh, Italians running around saying yeah. ciao. Yeah, so I haven't actually met anyone British from that team. Okay. I, I don't know the reasons why it's been flagged that way, but um, they um, have shown promise at times and then struggle to deliver and, and I'm hoping it's just going to be down to the amount of races they take part in that slowly the graph will start to rise and there's no reason why that can't start this year uh, but BHK Motorsport uh, need to try to qualify better get involved in that leading scrap across the 10 minute qualifying session on a Saturday afternoon and if they can start a bit further up the order that means you're not involved in a first lap schmozzle midfield uh, and then sort of recovering the drive after that Francesco Lamaza and Lorenzo Velia, as you say, uh, are the two drivers. Francesco is a new name on me. And actually, Lorenzo still only 23, uh, coming out of the, the Italian GT Championship. Uh, he's also done some TCR racing as well. But uh, this will be a fairly big step up for both of those drivers. It's Johnny Palmer. I'm John Hindorf. We're looking at the 2020 European Le Mans series, specifically the cars that are listed to take to the track at the Paul Ricard opening round of the season, although uh, dropping in with a, a number of the championship uh, runners who haven't declared for that, but have said they'll be there at some stage in the season. We'll move to LMP2, the top class of the prototypes and of this championship for 2020. Again, as usual, 15 cars we're expecting at... Uh, at Ricard, uh, you already touched on a couple of cars that are missing. Yeah, uh, sadly the 45 Thunderhead entry is not going to be making an appearance. Now I'm assuming that is down to be a Delara again, the, the Carlin run uh, Delara for car 45 and Jack Manchester, actually the only name down on the entry list so far, but Olivier Pla has raced with him in the past, Harry Tinknell's raced with him mm. in the past in the 45. Uh, so he's got some good contacts, no doubt about it. He has to be part of the lineup because he's the silver-rated driver and generally the guy bringing bringing the money to the effort. And the other car that's missing, JP, is the uh, the second Euro, uh, sorry, Inter Europol competition car. Yes. So we're only going to see one car in LMP3 from that crew, and we're not going to see the 33 entered uh, into Europol LMP2 
two car, which was due to be a second Ligier with obviously the Gibson engine. It's a yeah. single spec engine for that uh, entry. But at least there is still a Ligier uh, represented from the Polish team in the top class. Yeah, and uh, this is an open tyre formula. So both Michelin and Goodyear uh, have representation. Let's rattle through uh, from the top high class racing have the lowest number the number 20 it's the first of the Oricas uh, Orica uh, with no Delara just Orica and Ligier oh, well Oris is in there but that's effectively a rebadged anyway isn't it uh, it isn't actually a proper manufacturer for G-Drive but we'll come to them in a moment in uh, their defending champion role high class racing then the Danish team number 20 Anders Fjordback and Dennis Anderson the two Danes yeah, well recognised driver lineup straight out of uh, well, I say straight out of that was a number of years ago now the Renault RSO one trophy where yeah. they first became well established in high class racing and then brought that car through actually didn't race in LMP3 at any point straight into LMP2 and started to get results they've podiums on their CV it just didn't happen last year they were regularly out of the points actually which was a surprise to me their best result coming in the opening round of the season but that was only a ninth place finish at Paul Ricard looking to hit the ground running where possible the Orica 07 though carried on through from last season so they stay with the same chassis Dragon Spades is the number 21 Stars and Stripes uh, next to Elton Julian's team Ben Hanley and Ryan Cullen from the UK and Memo Rojas the gold driver the Mexican driver comes back to Dragon Spades yeah uh, champion from what was that 2017 Rojas yes with Leo Roussel and oh, yeah, well, the, the Dragon Speed team um, know Memo pretty well. Ben Hanley fits in there perfectly as well, the Mancunian. And Ryan Cullen, yeah, interesting to see how Ryan's going to get on because he raced with, I think, Stuart Cox's team last year or the I'll year off, before. Yeah. Um, and this is a big gig for him now to be with uh, Elton Julian's outfit. Uh, going to be great to see how, how he does because, again... The silver-rated driver, often pivotal when it comes yeah. to the race result. There's no question about Ben and Memo's um, race pace, but they're going to be concentrated on Ryan's stints to make sure uh, the good things come from that. Two United Autosports Oricas, the 22 and the 32. Let's take the 22 first. Uh, two little ducks, 22, and only two drivers listed here. Phil Hansen, very good silver driver from the UK and Philippe Albuquerque the Portuguese driver who is one of a number of platinum drivers uh, that uh, is in the championship this year yeah and uh, some good results from those two gentlemen through the course of last season they took victory at now that was Spa wasn't it the yeah, penultimate round of the season uh, if you remember the previous year they actually won Spa after the race was curtailed to just two hours when there was an awesome storm that arrived in that part of Belgium and meant that even though we started the race at about 10 o'clock in the morning rather than the one o'clock scheduled start we still didn't beat the weather uh, however it was still flagged as a uh, seven, uh, say 50% uh, points scoring round and they managed to take victory uh, in both the closing events in 2018 um, good form as well from Phil Hansen in the World Endurance Championship I love the fact that they, they deliberately stick to a two driver lineup there because mm. they give Phil well over half the race which he just chomps well, laps it up yeah, exactly I mean he, he's so hungry for, for seat time and uh, often 
would you believe, shows Philippe Albuquerque up for one or two laps as well in terms of consistency. And then the, the great Portuguese gets on board and, you know, finishes it off in style. So they, for me, will start the season as one of the favourites. Uh, 24 and 25 are the two Algarve Pro Racing, Orica 07 Gibsons. New sponsors, uh, an extension of their partnership with Goodyear and the testing that they've been doing with Goodyear stroke Dunlop as was uh, and BRM watches coming on board as well the cars are mirror images of each other where one is black the other is white and vice versa let's take the 24 car they look fabulous by the way Henning Enqvist from Sweden Loic Duval platinum driver from France and John Lancaster gold from the UK in the 24 once again, you'd say that was a sturdy lineup. Uh, absolutely, and, and it's, it's been a little while since John Lancaster was part of the ELMS. Um, I'm just going back through the archives to see when we enjoyed his company. He was the 2015 champion, but he hasn't actually been back in the championship since then. So, uh, got a lot to live up to with his two wins for Greaves Motorsport in those days. They ran a Gibson 015S with the Nissan engine. Uh, so, yeah, John's got uh, brilliant form in the championship, just not recently. Uh, and he, he drives an Orica 07, as you say, with Loic Duval straight out of DTM from last year. And Henny Enqvist, the silver-rated driver, again, that's where the race is going to be won and lost. And he's got some big company there. The second car has a bronze driver. That's John Falb, the United States driver. Uh, Simon Trummer, uh, in and out and in again. Uh, he is in for Ricard. It was thought he might not get back from the States, but he decided not to go to the States uh, and do the IMSA LMP2 season opener at Sebring. And Gabriel Aubrey is the gold driver. John Falber, another champion, uh, albeit uh, a P3 champion. So I think that's three champions that Algarve have got spread across the two cars. Yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? Certainly on paper. And let's hope that they can carry that form, form through. You're right, he was an LMP3 champion uh, with United Autosports three years ago. So John Falb uh, continuing on in the LMP2 ranks and joined by Simon Trummer, who has been with Bike Collars in recent years, hasn't he, in the LMP1 car in the World Endurance Championship. Gabby Obrey, a real star from the single-seater world, but it's not taken him long to get up to speed in the two-seater cars, and it's always a joy to see the young Frenchman at the wheel of an Orica. Uh, the, we have got the G-Drive Racing 26 uh, next. Uh, and, you know, they have been championship winners. Uh, they were runners-up last year. Roman Rusinov uh, with uh, Nick De Vries, who's won races in FIA WEC. He was a F2 champion. And the reigning LMP3 champion, Mikkel Jensen. Uh, this is branded as the Aorus, and the number 26 guard running in its uh, orange and black. Now, you know, Roman is seen as the, uh, as the, uh, he's a gold driver uh, now, but he is very much the gentleman driver, but he's very good. And with Mikkel Jensen as the silver and Nick De Vries as the platinum, that's got to be another team. I mean, how many times am I going to say that through this field? <laughs> Quite a lot, but it's got to be a team you can't ignore. No, certainly not. And, uh, you know, Roman Rusinov um, has been, part of the ELMS on and off for I think the longest time that any other driver mm. has because I think Roman Rusinov was a champion in just about the first year of the ELMS something like 2004 mm. um, 
what we haven't yet seen is full success for I call it an Aurus because okay, well, Aurus. a bit like okay. the the car other car maker I know Audi mm. and the AU tends to be pronounced like that but uh, Aurus Aurus um, yeah the um, Rutenoff clearly has got some ability to drive very fast he's also susceptible to the odd mistake though unfortunately they tend to stick him in for the opening stint and if he's kept it neat and tidy it's always in the hunt towards the end uh and yeah they're just going to build on what was a a really good season last year nick defries no question about it i mean he's a superstar and all his you know he's a formula two champion yeah, he was, yeah. last year uh we've seen him though in the racing team nederland's car uh, he likes his sports car race, and he's always smiling when I see him in a sports car yeah, paddock. Yeah. Uh, and I think he likes the slightly more relaxed atmosphere in the paddock. He's steely on the track uh, and, and very good indeed. I think I might have promoted G-Drive to last year's defending champions, last year's runners-up, I should have said earlier on the show, because last year's champions with the 28 EDEC Sport uh, number uh, 28, as I say, the Oric, this back to an Oric for Paul Lafarge, Paul Loup Chatan, and Richard Bradley among the, the two uh, Frenchmen. Uh, and I mean, they, they work really hard for the 2019 uh, championship. Uh, and Richard Bradley has won Le Mans in LMP2. Yes, I think he has. So, you know, it's a good lineup again. Uh, EDEC, Norwich Ways up. They're a French squad that are very, very tied down indeed. Oric has got the numbers in that category anyway. They're on Michelin's. Okay, uh, it's uh, slightly weighted towards Michelin and away from Goodyear. But they'll not want to give that championship up, easy, championship up easily. No, 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 certainly not. And, uh, I mean, Paul Lafargue was the linchpin there. I mean, he yeah. is part of the family that are EDEC sport. Um, and I didn't know that we were to expect a little bit further down the line. Edek to branch out into LMP3 as well. So look forward to that. Uh, actually, the guy they've lost, I mean, I mentioned Rojas being a champion in 2017. I'd completely forgotten he was also co-champion last year yeah. with Edek. So Memo Rojas moves across to a new team and filling the the blank is Richard Bradley. Paul Luke Chatan is amazing. Often he's put into the car for qualifying. That's a tough decision to make, actually, for EDEC between Bradley and Chatan for the Saturday duties. But yes, I don't think it's lost any of its strength, that lineup. It's just as good as it always uh, as it was last season. And EDEC Sports' strategy is normally bang on as well. That's what won them the title last year, just making those decisions and very quickly. And that's the thing I've really seen through the years. I mean, remember when EDEC ran regularly a Mercedes in the Creventic Championship, the uh, Dutch promoters that look after the Dubai 24 hours, but they regularly ran in the European season as well. I think that's where they cut their teeth as to when to make the decisions in longer races, and they've taken good that point. to the LMS with good success. Number 30 is the Duquesne team, another French outfit on Michelin's. Tristan Gomedy's the Platinum, Jonathan Hershey, the Swiss Gold Driver, and Konstantin Tereshenko is the Silver. Now, you may not know this, and I may be asking a daft question, but Dukin team and Dukin M30, is there any connection? Connection. Oh, yeah. There? Well, the, the, the key man is Gilles Duquesne, whose team it is, and Gilles Duquesne, I think, has, has bought Norma. So right. he's but there isn't a Norma LMP2 car, so he's running an Orica. Precisely. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, that, would, that was my follow-up question. Thank you for the bear of small uh, uh, brain. Tristan Gomedy, I think, massively underrated. He's a platinum driver, but still underrated. Yeah, and again, you know, uh, there's no question about his 
outright pace. I just wonder whether sometimes he's a bit too erratic. That's maybe being cruel, but uh, for that reason, has he achieved all that he could have done uh, in the sports car world? Uh, he is automatically somebody I would have in a car if I was choosing a lineup because you know when he's when he's a when he's got it on a good day he's absolutely unstoppable and often they will put him into the car when there's ground to be made up and he just gobbles it up so yeah Gomondi um we'll wait and see which Tristan turns up this season Jonathan Hershey's uh, very reliable Konstantin Tereshenko a bit hit and miss, so yeah. I'm not sure actually how how that car's going to go with the Russian driver in it. Right, let's rattle through the rest of these. Uh, Panish Racing on Goodyear's with Julian Canal, Nico Jama, and Will Stevens is the platinum driver there. Again, that's a strong lineup. Julian Canal, very very steady but reliable silver. Yeah, Panish Racing of the Olivier variety, Friday, of yeah. course. It used to be uh, Bartes, uh, Panish Bartes competition with Fabian Bartes, the former French goalkeeper, as part of that. But they've gone their separate ways now, so known just as Panis. Julien Canal, uh, yeah, a GT expert and now uh, and also jointly prototype runner. Nico Jama, uh, very fast indeed. And Will Stevens, former Formula One uh, pedigree and a Le Mans winner at GT level in the GTE AM category run it with uh, JM, JMW Motorsport uh, not too long ago so that looks very strong that lineup. we did talk about United Autosports but forgot to talk about the 32 entry because uh, we got excited about Phil Hansen and Philippe Albuquerque uh, it is Will Owen as the silver uh, the gold is Alex Brundel good friend of ours and Job van Eytet, the uh, Dutch driver is a second gold in the 32 car championship runner up uh, last year for mm. Job van Eytet. Yes, because he was in the Aris again with uh, Roman Rusinov uh, et al. So, uh, yeah, Jop gets quicker and quicker. That's a neat little bit of business, I think, from United Autosports because there'll be a, there will have been a number of teams after the Dutchman's signature. They've done well to seal that deal. Alex Brundle's been with that team for a, a number of years. He's a f also a former LMP3 champion. And Will Owen, again, uh, you know, we're well recognised around the United Autosports awning. So yeah. I think the stability of that could prove to be very strong because Yop will just slot in as if he's been there for years. Uh, into Europol, we mentioned only one car for the Polish team. They're on Michelin's with the Legier, Jakub Smakowski, uh, uh, René Binder and uh, Matavos Izakian, the Russian driver. Well... They've only got one car to look after, so all the focus is on that car. Yeah, Isakian, yeah, it's interesting to see him going a little bit quiet of late. Remember, he was a refugee from the SMP Racing uh, BR1 from the WEC. Sadly, went head over heels at the top of Eau Rouge a couple of years ago. A yes. monster accident, remember that one? Um, and his teammate uh, has had some success, but Izakian maybe just lost in the long grass a little bit. I'm pleased Inter-Europol Inter competition picked up the phone to him because he will be a fantastic addition. Kubisz Michowski is the Polish driver who's been well recognised with the Polish team for a number of years. Raced in LMP3, came close to a title and went into LMP2, I think for the first time last year. And René Binder, somebody else who's raced with by Collis before, very, very quick Austrian. Uh, we mentioned BHK in LMP3 being a British flag team, but very Italian. Uh, see above comments with Francesco Dracone and Sergio Campana, the silver and gold, respectively. And again, just two drivers there. Yeah, this team actually shown a bit more promise in LMP2 compared to their LMP3 exploits. And Campana, Dracone, very solid. 
uh, occupying generally the kind of lower order of the top 10. So I think the natural next step is to try and achieve one or two top sixes because it's baby steps often for a team like that. And it's amazing. You know, if you can pluck a top six or even a top three out of the blue, that's a massive shot in the arm. And I think that's the progress they'll be looking for in 2020. Cool racing. Swiss flag for uh, a man who needs no introduction but we will anyway. It's Nico Lapierre as platinum. Anton Borga, the Swiss driver, is the silver. And Alexandre Coigny, the second of the Swiss driver. And he's actually only rated as a bronze. If you've got Nico Lapierre in your team, you've got to be taken seriously, haven't you? Certainly so, yeah. And I think that's the second year that Nico, Nico has been part of Cool Racing. It is a partnership between Alex Coigny and a guy called David Iraj Alexander, who has raced previously in LMP3. But also, Cool Racing often turn up at Creventic races with their big Mercedes AMG Correct. as well. So, um, great to have them back again. Um, those with long memories will recall that at Silverstone last year, it was last year, that Kwani ha had a pretty nasty accident on the Saturday at Brooklands in the... Uh, in the ELMS race, it meant he couldn't then take part in the WEC. And actually, without him, they got a cracking result. They got a podium finish. And I remember Kwani turning up on crutches at the press conference. That's right. On the Sunday. I do remember that. He'd, yeah. he'd, he'd broken a leg as well or something. I he think broke, he, yeah, really it was a pretty nasty accident because it, he um, there was a car broadside at Brooklands and he had little option but to T-bone it. And uh, it did take a while to extract Kwani safely. Back to racing, though, now. And, uh, yeah, interesting to see how he'll get on. He can only get faster with Nicola Lapp Pierre mentoring him. Uh, Graf, just one car in LMP2 to add to their two in LMP3 that we've talked about. It's another Orica. They're on Michelin's. James Allen, the Australian. Thomas Laurent, the Frenchman, is the gold. That's two golds there. And uh, Alexandre Cunard, not to be confused with Alexandre Cugny. <laughs> uh, he is the silver driver for Graf. Just the one car for them. Yeah, we've got an Alex Kwani and an Alex Cugnot, so it's yeah. uh, pretty confusing. That's something they're never in the car at the same time and battling for position. <laughs> they have been. <laughs> it's a nightmare to try and call it. Uh, yeah, Graf are, uh, are continuing to, to ride the, a bit of a crest of the wave. I'm interested in how Graf got on as a best result last year. They finished third in the championship and didn't get a win, but they did finish second as a best result of the season at Barcelona, followed by three third place mm. finishes in Con a row. That's so consistency, isn't it? It is, but it, it was sort of very much a kind of rear-loaded season, which is when you want to be earning points, yeah, don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, they have run two LMP2s in the past. I remember the 39 and the 40. That's part of the reason why Richard Bradley's not uh, in employed by Graf any longer, but I'm pleased that he's found alternative employment. Uh, Thomas Laurent, Toyota test driver, Toyota future LMP1 driver, quite possibly. Cugno's, um, I think, was in the very first year of the Michelin Le Mans Cup when that became an LMP3 eligible uh, race. And James Allen, uh, not the Formula One, former Formula One commentator, but this is the Aussie uh, guy in his early 20s and continues to get quicker. I really like it when James yeah. often starts those races because uh, you're guaranteed some entertainment. Apparently, James Allen, the former Formula One commentator, loves him racing as well because everybody thinks it is him. <laughs> uh, finally, the number 50, a new team and one to watch. Oh, I see what you did there. Sorry about Richard that. Richard Meal. Richard Meal, racing team, running in Horica. Sorry. French, of course. And fantastic to see Catherine Legg over from the US and uh, her. IMSA Racing Duties paired up with Tatiana Calderon. That's a gold and a silver in that order uh, for the Brit and the Colombian. Uh, 
it's a new team. Uh, I, I, I don't know much about them, but I can't imagine that they've just dragged people off the streets to run those cars. No, uh, and uh, I, I'm loving the fact that, OK, that car, it, is, it? it is an Orica underneath the Alp Alpine badge, but it's nice to have an Alpine A470 nevertheless uh, on the grid. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I it's actually in the entry list as an 07 Gibson as an oh, okay. Well, maybe that's yeah. changed then in recent times. My apologies, but no, uh, right. that maybe they'd sourced an Alpine and and have chosen to replace it with an Orica. But uh, Catherine Leg, yeah, I'm great form um, in the states, particularly, and assuming that uh, the travel restrictions are in her favour, delighted that she can be back in Europe. I remember watching her in single seaters in Formula Renault, possibly Formula Ford prior to that in the UK prior to her exploits then in the States, where she's had a, the bulk of the degree of her, her career success to this point. Tatiana Calderon, yeah, continues... Another single-seater refugee. Uh, yes, continues F3. to get faster. She's, uh, as you say, from Colombia originally, 27 years old now, and uh, looking to do ELMS along with a few other bits and bobs uh, through the course of the year. Super Formula Championship, quite possibly in 2020 as well. So clearly... Oh, that's the beauty of only having five races through the course of the year. You can do ELMS and at least one other championship, uh, assuming there aren't any you know, horrendous clashes now that everything's had to be rearranged into just less than half a season. So we expect to see 36 cars on the grid for Paul Ricard. I think that's an excellent turnout with other full season entries probably, probably joining in before, hopefully joining in, before the end of that five race season. Johnny Palmer will be the lead commentator throughout the season and for the majority of the year, joining him for our coverage on the Radio Show Limited network of sound and uh, vision channels will be Bruce Jones. Johnny, thanks very much indeed. Looks like a great season. It really does, yeah. No, really looking forward to it and the fact that th these five races are going to happen in such a short period of time, we're going to have to be on our metal, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.